roll the dice. Yeah. So I was listening. So I was listening to my Lord of the Rings lore before I was before I was coming on here. Spark my little spark my little imaginative self over here. My favorite well, thing. Is- <laughs> I ate a little bit of mushrooms before I came on here. So <laughs> all right, there it is. <laughs> I mean, I I smoked a joint like an hour ago too. So Dylan always smokes a joint before he comes on here. That's a, that's, that's very a, true. He was literally smoking a joint the one time we were on we were on the show. In the middle of the show, he was just getting <laughs> because when I do these things, people laugh at me, right? But it's like when I and we're kind of making a joke with this, but like uh most of what I do is like a one-to-one CBD THC for like things like this. It just helps me keep my ADHD at bay. Same thing with um answering uh exercise videos, like people laugh at me, like my friends, but when I'm answering check-ins and stuff, that's morning work. And I never use cannabis. It's an evening type thing for me. And I always do my check-ins in the mornings. If I'm doing exercise training videos, which Taylor's actually in my group chat, so he kind of understands it maybe a little bit more, but I do everyone's training in the same place. So like I'll have like 50, 60, 70 videos sometimes in one day that I have to go through. I Because it's not hard for me. Like I'm so, I would say biomechanics is like one of the proficiencies that I have and it's old knowledge that's sunk deep. So like I can just sit down crack a zevia smoke a joint i don't really consider that like work like it, it is work but um it's just not that difficult for me to be honest compared to like some of the check-ins i have with these hard cases it's like i, I need to be in the books or where i am you know because like some of them are really complex so uh training videos for me are just easy i guess they're getting yeah. easier for me too they're a lot easier now that i'm now that i'm now that i'm like i realized my whole so this year I've realized the way that my, my like circle has transitioned. So like I started the year or 2020 very into the functional health group. And I spent a lot of time learning functional health, right? Like Austin, Austin taught me functional health for majority of the year. And then like, and then like slowly as the year started to shift, I started to get into this, like John Jewett, like no switch, Dylan, like Taylor, like all these guys that are more, it's like the biomechanics and the training. And and now I'm like with like Dom Kuza and them. And like, yeah. I talked to everyone that's like a lot of knows a lot of training because that was the missing component. Like we talked about this multiple times. It's like the one thing that I was really missing is understanding the real, the full real anatomy of the body and understanding like how things move, learning more of the the cues for movements and things like that. So I spent a lot of time the last like four months really trying to do that. And now things, now when I look at videos, now they're starting to like click like that quick. Like now I can see where I want to switch things or even just like looking off one rep, I could be like, okay, well, I know how this is going to go. And now I could see, now I could see like what adjustments I want to make. See, that's kind of funny because I've realized here recently like I've gotten much more deep into the functional space in the past six months or so. And, but I, but I had been through this stuff <laughs> a long time ago and it's like a giant circle again and again, but I just keep circling through all these topics and I'm like, Oh fuck. I remember that thing. I'm like, Oh wait. Uh, okay. Let me, I think I have a note on that. And then I open it up. I'm like, Oh, I did know that. I forgot. I even knew that. That's and then really it's interesting. Just, it's just funny how that works. Cause literally it's like, it's almost like a, a two year or so, three year or so, like circle around that just seems to happen. Like now I'm more excited to get back into training because I feel like I've gone so far deep onto the functional stuff. Like for the love of God, I need the less broken people. My brain, my brain just gets fucked by doing, by doing so many, like by doing so much functional health learning. Yeah. Like I'm just like, you dive into everything and then you start to see like all these different causes and you try to like pinpoint all these different things. And I'm like, my brain cannot handle this. Like, this is why I need, I keep saying this. This is why I need a whiteboard here. So I could just like pinpoint everything like on a whiteboard. So I don't have to think about it. <laughs> so I could just can look and be dumbfounded. And I'm like, man, learning the training is so much fun right now. Like just learning, just like being in the action and like filming my own sets and like posting that content right now is just really a ton of fun for me. Um, and I feel like a lot of people are getting a good amount of things away from it. Like whether they're sharing it or not, it's like, I'm truly enjoying like the content I'm putting out for the people. And I like that I'm more confident now I'm filming my own sets so I can help educate. Hey, this is what I'm doing wrong. Like even on my stories, like I'll mm-hmm. like post like, Hey, this is what I want to improve. 
or like, this is where I go wrong. Like people can learn from that if they like look at it and you, you could see, you can keep going back and keep rewatching it and seeing where these little things are at and learn from that. So I feel like the impact with the training can, can be pretty big now, um, at least on my part. But yeah, no, we, we fully did a switcheroo over here, you and I. <laughs> well, it's really interesting. What do you think about this, Taylor? So, because I've, I've, I'm weird, right? I try to hyper analyze <laughs> everything, but because I've, I've thought of this too. And like me and Taylor are really in sync. We talk every week. So it's like, well, I know that he's learned some of this stuff and we'll be talking and I'm like, oh yeah, let me think about that for a minute. And I think what it is, is I was learning more about functional health a long time ago, like probably five or six years ago, seven maybe. Mm-hmm. But I think I was learning about functional health supplements. And then by default, you're catching pieces of like functional health. And then in the last year, I've really got into like functional physiology and biology. And then going back, I'm like picking up fragments of the memories from the other stuff that I used to know. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's why it feels like deja vu, I think sometimes. But this was way more, the last year I've spent like all functional health. I literally didn't care about training or like, I didn't learn nothing about nutrition or training in the last year. Really, I don't think that I didn't know, maybe. Or, or like, yes, I did. Cause you learn little things, but like not nothing too drastic. I didn't do any programming or no courses or nothing like that. You know, no, no deep dives. Outside of, outside of learning, outside of taking Jeff Sue's class, like the macro class over how to kind of approach more of the functional health cases and macro wise and kind of do those. Honestly, nutrition's more just in coming instinctual. And I feel like that's how it should be as a coach, right? Is you kind of just you kind of base it like we like we've talked about multiple times and I talked about on the last podcast and Dylan mentions it I think every single podcast that we've done is you just throw darts at the board right and the more you learn and the more you learn someone the more accurate your dart gets and eventually even as the time goes on your your aim like if you start start shooting practicing a gun you're you're all over the target sometimes you get a bullseye but sometimes your your spread gets thinner that's the word I'm looking for yeah starts to narrow in and then you know even if you've only been working with someone for maybe, you know, six weeks, but you've probably had someone very similar situation to them, maybe 10 times, the deeper you get in. And that's why instincts are built over time. Cause then your spread gets real thin and you don't really, you're not much off target. You're like, ah, that supplement didn't really work, but here's this other one that I think will. And usually the second or third time you're kind of right on target. Yeah. That's like, uh, that's like with maintenance calories, man. Like I don't use any calculators or any of that kind of <laughs> shit. I am no. just like, I look at a person. I'm like, okay, I think you need 1745. <laughs> and then, then it's like, boom, right on target. I'm, I'm laughing like, at Taylor's oh, face. Cause that's the same face. I think I make probably it's just like, ah, I'm not yeah, I'm, like, sure. I'm like, uh, what do I want to like? It's like, like, where are you at? It's like, it's like, where are you at? It's like, where are you at now? And it's like, Ah, I could see you a little bit more than that. I think you should probably be eating a little bit more. So I'm like, let's just sprinkle in a few more carbs. It's like, it's like, I don't know why I think that's so funny. I remember starting and it would be like, like when I started coaching like two years ago, um, I would use that macro calculator, right? Or like the Harris, whatever it is, the Benedict calculator, like whatever that equation was where you plug in like their activity level and everything. And I'm like, man, as much as it was helpful, that does not do anything for like what we're like what we're doing, right? And it's not like like the more you actually understand coaching, you should just observe a person for like a week and see where they're actually at and like observe like them going through things. Um, that's at least what I like to do. Um, well, that's bang on. Sometimes, you know, I'd like to hear what Taylor does after this too, but it's really interesting because what I'll do with someone and I've been trying to remember that as I – my roster is very diverse. So sometimes I have really advanced people and sometimes I have new people and with new people. I have to remember when you're just telling someone like, like I'll send them an intake, you know, like uh, all their documents and things. And then I'll send them a voice note. And it's like, Hey, don't worry. You're basically going to screw everything up, but just keep walking for two weeks. And I'm going to keep you in the fence line because that's all it's about. You know, it's yeah. like, I really don't know where your calories are going to be, but like I do, cause you have a set amount, but I don't know if that's the perfect amount. You just have to get walking and get doing. But when someone's new, it's like, what, do you, what does that mean? You know, so I have to, there's different ways to break it to different people, I think, is what I'm getting at. What do you think, Taylor? 
Yeah. <laughs> I'll take even like a, a interesting sidestep from this because I've realized specifically with trading because nutrition wise, it's very, it's literally just intuitive. I'll look at them and be like, yeah. hmm, I think you just need this and I'll give it to them. And like, almost always it's on the money. Like, I don't know how it just is. I don't question it. Yeah. And like, I just don't. I'm like, all right. Awesome. I'm a genius, I guess. It's just an instinct, man. That's built over time. I think. I but feel the same. You see enough bodies and you're just like, yeah, mm, yeah, this is it. But training wise, dude, the most like profound and most simple thing that I found with like almost everybody, because almost nobody trains accurately, I find like they could train hard effort wise, but they don't ever train accurately. It's just starting in with super slow tempos. No matter what exercise I pick, I just start them with really dumb, slow tempos and like give them parameters that are really, really simple. Like I don't do reps in reserve. I don't do RPEs, nothing. And just be like, okay, yeah. I'm like, okay, look, I want you to go in. I want you to do these all perfectly. Don't worry about how hard it is. Don't nothing because it's really, really easy. If somebody is a hormone case, gut case, anything like that, it buys me time to get their shit sorted out while they figure out how to train. That's like a good point. Um, it's, with those cases, I really like doing the same thing. So I don't do it for everybody. Um, I take a little bit of a different approach, but I end up working to that point. So I wouldn't argue it because it's like, I'm kind of doing the same thing. I'm just putting one thing before it, but that's just because of my bias and training so many people in person, I think, because I do it a little bit of a different approach where like Taylor probably got to see this, but I usually focus. Okay. So granted someone's not a hormone case and stuff, or I don't think they are. And sometimes we don't know. And I'm finding out more people are than not. So then, then I think, so that's also something we could consider, but yeah. for right now, what I like to try and do is, uh, if I don't suspect there's any hormone issues and I just think training needs to be improved, I try to get their mechanics perfect. And I don't give them like uh, tempo targets actually, or really any targets besides the mechanical movements that I want to yeah. see happening. And then I usually try and drive up strength as fast and as hard as I can. And uh, the reason I, and this is more so with intermediate, like beginner intermediate or intermediate advanced. It's not something I would do with like Taylor as a client who's too advanced for this. But usually what you'll see is someone, specifically females, I hate to pick on them, but usually you'll see a female strength. They'll be pressing like 25 pound dumbbells, which is pretty common. If you go to the gym that with most females that don't have uh, coaches or like, you know, if they're not really like really educated, they'll be pressing 25 to 35 pound dumbbells. You can usually like, almost add 50 to 70% of that within the first six months and get their mechanics really good. And then that usually gets them very feeling confident, like filled with positive emotion because they've seen so much progression that they can go into those brutally slow tempos and things and they can handle it mentally because it's, they have so much positive emotion. I found in the past sometimes uh, getting people to focus on uh, like smaller, like uh, tempos or, or like very specific uh Nuances. accuracy targets when they're new nuances is a good way to put it um it can overload them like mentally and and then they're not seeing the progressions but i know that you do your training in very different phases too so that's also a consideration to take into account right because it's about comparing apples to apples that's why i'm that's why i'm afraid to when when i do like in the beginning with people i do exactly what you do now where i just tell them to lift just just lift just go lift let me see how you move well, that's also, so that's a big key, right? Because the way most coaches don't do the exercise, I should make this a point because it's important to my coaching style. Most coaches I know don't do all of their pretty dry, pretty big roster um, training videos in one place, like in one, like usually I know a lot of coaches that do work on training videos, but it's like in your check-in with your coach. I have like my entire roster. I'm, I'm checking their form and giving them targets every week. So I see, I see them moving. So I guess it's like, oh, uh, I'm control. It's like, cause I'm a control freak. <laughs> I control everything. Right. Cause I can see most of their exercises and usually the new people are not confident in sense exercises. So they want to send lots because they want to go see everything in the program. So like compared to most, and I'm air quoting this with my fingers, online coaches, I'm probably seeing someone go through their entire program exercise wise in the first like three or four weeks, which would be pretty unheard of. I would think. And I think that's part of why I get some decent results, especially I out of the game. See, now I, I, I personally don't like to do that in terms of seeing the whole thing. I like to see two videos per session until we get it done. Right. Um, now the reason why is because like you said, like, even if I'm not teaching nuances and I'm teaching mechanics here of actual movements, what I find is that people like can 
people forget things pretty quickly. Yeah, they do. <laughs> and, yeah. and half the time, and you guys have probably been there is like, I feel like I got to repeat myself like yeah. good amount of times, <laughs> like over and over. I'm like, I said this, like, I'll write, like, I'll write like a little thing up. Like before I send the voice note, I'll be like, I'd like to write things and then do a voice memo too, along with it, just in case they want to listen or read. Um, and they get so, and they like, they forget it like the next week. And I'm like, well, I said it last week. So go back and review what I said last week and implement what I said. It's like, that's what I'm asking for. Right. And that's what comes down to the attention to detail, right. With people is I think we're so detailed in our coaching that people don't realize that they got to remember this stuff. Like it's not the same stuff. Like it's like, it's different things week in week out. Like for example, I put up that shoulder press video. Right. And the first one was the week, the week prior where it was actually a pretty good set. It was a good set, but you can see there's a very drastic difference between the, the week prior and where my ribs are set, where my, yeah. are set, where I'm everything set, the week, the next, the next session. And I got a lot more out of that. And I think it's just like, if you remember those things, if you take like the ego out of it, which I think is also a part of like, the actual listening aspect to it, especially in the training is you'll actually progress further pretty quickly. Like I'm going to progress pretty quickly now on the dumbbell shoulder press, because I understand now where my ribs need to be compared to my core and how my chest needs to be. And now how I need to press elbow wise. Like I implemented all three of those things that my, that Mark told me I needed to do within one week. I feel like so many people, that's why I don't like doing so many videos at once. And I like to send maybe two per session for a lot of clients, just because if I get like six for one session, they're going to lose it in that bunch um, comparatively. So that's just where I stand on that. Just no, because- like I, we're saying the same thing. I meant because they're sending them multiple times a week. So by the time you go through oh, yes, two sessions, yes. that's a pretty much average too. I would say people send me two to three is a lot. Most of the time it's actually one because I don't want them. They're not, a ca- they don't get jacked by cameraing their sets. They get jacked by doing them. So I don't want someone so worried because like a lot of people are like nervous to film. I don't need them. I don't need them extra stressing that they have to film every single like exercise in one day because it's like, well, you're not going to like, even when I do it for Braden, it's annoying. Like as an advanced trainee, it's like, I would prefer not to take the time to do the videos. They're beneficial for me. That's why I do them, but they do kind of get you out of the zone a little bit. You know, like I got something at one point, at one point, I remember, I remember Mark said this to me and I was like, I, re- I remember my check and I was like, do you want to see any training videos this week? Cause sometimes I would ask him that occasionally, like once a month. And he's like, and I think it was like a year into our coaching. He's like, if you haven't nailed down your movements at this, at this point, you're so, you're so lost. He's like, you're lost on him. <laughs> I'm like, you're not, you're not wrong. I'm like, you really are wrong in this whole thing. He's such a type A person, hey? Like he can't understand why someone else can't understand something. That's what I love about him. I was just like, you're not, I was like, you're not wrong at all. I'm like, this is my fault. I was like, if I don't nail things down, I'm also a coach. Like I find that that also plays a factor too. in like the way that you feel and the way I feel about transcending training videos, because I only send him like one or two a week now. Like I don't send him every session. Like it's not, it's not, he usually requires three max a week from each client just because he has so many clients. I'm like, I maybe send him one a week and I'm like, mm. I sometimes don't even send them. I sometimes film them and watch them myself or oh, I'll send them to you guys. And I mean, that's not like a different thing between, yeah. I know what I'm seeing. And I like to, like I said, with the post the other day over why I like to look at them is because I like to di- learn to dissect them myself. So I know what I can see in other people. So I send them to some other coaches so I can learn what else, what else I can learn from the way I'm doing it. So I can move it over to someone else, which even though everybody's biomechanics are different, it still allows me to get those basic cues and basic kind of movement patterns down. So I think it's kind of funny because I feel like my biomechanics have gotten so good at this point that I don't actually get any benefit from watching myself, but I get benefit from filming to show other people. Yes. That makes sense. It's like, it's very odd because I'm like, Oh, wow. Yeah, this is exactly what it felt like. Awesome. <laughs> and then move on. I, I, I agree. Like, and I've seen Taylor's training and my, it's funny because Brandon and I, so I posted up uh, my client, Will, he's been with me for like five years. I posted his um, rows the other night and Braden messaged me and he was like, perfect row. 
And I started laughing because I was like, here's what I typed to Will. And it was like, brace your obliques more. Don't let your, don't let the rotation, like I want two inches less rotation. I just nitpicked it. And we started laughing because like, if Taylor sends me a video, I'm, I have to watch it like nine times. And I'm like, okay, okay, here, what could, just give a guy. <laughs> you don't want to tell him, to you don't want to tell him you're right. Brain, <laughs> brain was like, that's what I do to you, man. I just, I just like find the most ridiculous shit so that you have something to keep hunting for. And I'm like, Fair enough. So we're all doing it like at this level of coaching. We all have coaches and like even our coaches, like, you know, Braden was working with Matt Jansen. It probably is quite similar. Like when I watch Braden do exercises, I'm like, yeah, they look good. You're really jacked. You've been doing it for 10 years. They probably should. You know, like that's fair enough. And you're well-educated. So I tell a lot of my guys, they have more. I always tell them they have more. Like the one thing (laughs) they listen to, they're always going to find it annoying. Because I'll be like, yeah, Yo, you had like three more. And like, what do you mean I had three more? And I'm like, you got to find a way to get three more. And then the next session they go and they get like three more. And I'm like, there, there it is. I'm like, that's it. I was like, where was that three last week? I'm yeah, like, literally. see, you could have been one. You could have been one rep already up. But you could have been one rep more now comparatively. So it keeps like, I always like to challenge them, but I always like, but I always am. I always am nitpicking. I find that a lot is I like, is like, you teach people so many things and then they get it right, but you don't want it to be right. And you're like, if I yeah, give it, if I give them that gosh. slight status, if I give them that slight, slight satisfaction of like, you're almost there, but like, then it just drives them just to keep that performance, keep going up and up and up. And I'm like, this is such a dickhead thing because there's nothing. I'm like, I'm like thinking about it when I'm, when I'm typing out something to them, I'm like, man, <laughs> probably should, I'm such a dickhead for this, but, but it's going to keep their progression going. <laughs> that makes you good at your job too. I think I'm potentially the only one of us three, maybe not, maybe I'm wrong, but that holds people back so much. And I do it on purpose. Like I want, because I'll know like roughly when somebody's going to taper out on their own. And like, I want to keep their progression going as long as I want it to go and no longer, yeah. no less. That so I'm like, sense. okay, I want you to take one rep, even though I know you might have five. Oh yeah, I do that too. I I try to I see. see. I'm I'm pretty good at like mapping into the future. So like I explain this to you guys as friends, but I've never explained it like on a podcast. So it's fine. I have like a two year system built for people to go through of how I'm queuing them through, and obviously, like I have phases and Taylor's actually more detailed in his programming than I am. And I'm going to step my game up or try to, but um, phases in my head where like people go through different phases of stimulus and, and work through, I try not to give them, I want their progression to wait as long as possible. So what I start to do is in a session, if they're new, I'll be like, okay, so we might start off like your elbow has to come in two inches. And I don't care about the load or the weight associated because I'm just working with mechanical structure. That might take 16 weeks. And then they start performing them well. And then I start saying, okay, slow down the tempo, put a pause here. That might be another like 30 weeks of that nitpicky stuff to we've like what I would call nailed the movements. Now you're like six to 12 months in, depending where a person is. The next year would be more about getting people to advocate for themselves a little bit more so that I'm not overshooting their progression. So Taylor and I are doing it differently. But for example, I'll kind of know when someone's going to peter out. So I'll start giving them lo- Once they've nailed the movements, I'll think like that movement's going to run out of strength and or reps or load around X point. And then I'll tell them, okay, in the next 12 sessions, I want you to hit this point. But that gives me a time so that I know that I'm either going to have to reprogram, find a new movement or something is going to have to change. But like they're just hunting on their own for it. I'm no longer giving them micro progressions it's more of like a longer steps between refuel stations let's say yeah i'm getting better i'm getting better at that the more like i perform movements myself i'm getting better at knowing when other people are also like like where they're at in things and like i have a guy that's doing like chest support at rows right and he's doing like 90 pound dumbbells um and they're pretty good but i'm like i think this can be more efficiently hit by doing a single arm dumbbell row at this point and i'm yeah. like that would be better. So like today, like I messaged him, I was like, okay, well, we're going to, we're going to take this out. I was like, you're not going to get too much more from this lat wise. If you just keep doing it, I was like, you're going to get more out of it. If we, if we switch like a single arm dumbbell and yeah, he'll probably some- be able to drop load and reset. Yeah, we'll be able to drop load, redo, redo tempo a little bit, redo form, 
renail yeah. that and I'm going to I'm tell you, you're going to grow better. Um, because I think that's really important, right? Is so many people are so in love with movements. And like, I think the one thing that we get, we get into with the progressive overload thing is like the classic, you look at Dante, right? When you look at, um, when you look at something like DC training, where he's like, yeah. if you're not progressing for like three weeks, swap it out. It's like, if you haven't progressed for this many weeks, it's like, that's when you exit, that's when you exit the building. But I think you're talking about like finding those, that three weeks when they are going to start teetering and yeah. when it's when that progression lies. So then during that time, you're able to reprogram. So that, so that first week and that second week comes instead of waiting for that third week, when they're going to stall, you get, you catch it at that second week and then you change movements and then progression goes back up again. Um, so because that's the way I like, that's the way I like to do things when I reprogram is I like to actually find that point where they are, like you said, like where they are going to stall and then know where that point is. And right before I can catch that and I can switch out something. So that's actually one of the, one of the issues that I seem to find actually is um, I don't like to program that way personally, because I feel like if we're swapping out exercises to fix the stimulus that the stimulus is already too far gone and we need a whole different one and that doesn't mean a deload like don't train or anything like that it just means we need a different style of training for a period of time because i don't think it's the exercise that's messing up i think it's the actual training system at the moment that isn't jiving with their current recovery capacity so i have something to add to that because i'm somewhere in the middle of this this difference let's call it because I, I'm getting further away from like DC style of mentality of progression. And I came through it through a back door, learning more about psychology. And then just because I obsess so much about Dante, just watching him as a man and how he runs his business. I'm like, well, and then JP, because I got obsessed with JP. And I, but like, when I get obsessed with someone, I like watch what they're up to. Like not when they're talking, like when they're walking, when they're moving. And I know that sounds weird, but I realized, well, he's just a fucking hunter. Like this guy, it's like yeah of course you can go it but and that's an extreme but there's lots of people like that and then i re like i'm really not like that i'm kind of sensitive to stress to be honest and justin had that kind of like uh when i was working with him had that like week over week like something had to be progressing and i've seemed to respond way better when brain's like no i don't care if you take the, the same load for five sessions I want it to feel good. I want it to be on target. I want the stimulus. I want the ROM to be there. Like every, every inch of every rep. And I respond way better than that. I'm way less smashed. And I find most people have too much stress in their life to try and like get the load progress every week, especially load. Load is hard because then their mechanics fall apart. Like most people don't, they're not confident enough. I'm talking like 90% of the people, even like first, second time competitors. Honestly, it's very rare people that you can just say like, hey, put 20 pounds on that SLDL this week and do it again, which just is perfect. Like that. It's it doesn't work. It doesn't work like that. I'm actually um, finding that. I'm actually finding that now when I'm in a deficit, right? Um, because I think this is where, mm -hmm. this is where I'm starting to figure. And I'm not really in a deficit right now. I'm still like kind of like maintenance right now. Also, right now. I, I just want to pause you one second. Sorry, because this is going to tie into your, what you're going to say, I think. So when, because you're going through, and, and I think you're going to understand this when you're going through, you're working with people and you've gone through now like a real good bulk. But as a coach, you have to remember most of clients that you're going to get would not take the path that you took. No. Diet, diet wise. Cause they aren't going to quit. If you get them as fat as Mark got you just simply put, no, I mean it. And like the way the, not, I don't even mean body fat. I mean the amount of sheer volume of food you had to eat to get that much body fat. Not that it's too much, but because of the sheer amount of recovery capacity you had and like fuel, you were able to progress strength a lot. You're a young guy, you know, so like you're, you're, you're not old and stressed out yet. Yeah. <laughs> as yeah. much, you know, so, so it's yeah. really interesting because as a coach, if you kind of saw it, it's hard not to get results on something and then kind of develop a little bit of a bias. Like as I get older, I have to think about things for like months. Cause I'll see something work with me and I'm like, ah, but I don't want to go start scribing. I got to figure this out first. So, you know, it's, it's a good thing to remember, you know? Yeah. Cause you look at, well, the, the reason why I like DC, at least for someone like me, right. Is because it's like, good, I'm, by the way. I'm in very much a more optimal situation. Like I still work from home. I'm able to cook all my meals when I want to cook them. 
I'm able to take my, take my supplements when I need to take them. Um, like I'm basically, I'm at home all day. I I can get in steps whenever I want. I live at home. Oh, I don't live at home. I live on my own, but yeah, I I have to worry about bills, but like supplements, supplement bill is usually handled. Like I don't usually have to like do, I don't have a lot of stressors going on in my life. Like I don't have a lot of things to take care of. So there's no better way. Like, like when you look at DC training, what's, what's the absolute prime goal, right? Is when he wrote that program, he's like, I'm going to put 50 pounds. Like he's like, well, if you use, if you use anabolics, right. He's like, I'm going to put 50 pounds of muscle on you in a year. Yep. He's like, that's, that was the goal. Right. And you look at what me and Mark did and we did a natural version of that. Basically. That was like the whole point. Like we pushed, you have to like, if you're doing DC, you have to push that food to an absolute limit. Like we did. And you had to push your body past what you can do. Um, comparatively over where it was right. Like to get 30 pounds above, I had to do like to get up 30 pounds. I had to do a lot of things that my body did not want to do at all. Now, did it fight back in my blood work and show my blood work? Absolutely. <laughs> so, so there's a little bit of like, there's a little bit of eh in there, right? With things like comparatively looking at it, we probably stressed my body out just a bit too much, but you got to look at the cost benefits over what it was. I'm young, so I can yeah. do that. And I know I'm going to recover from that a lot yeah. easier uh-huh. than like, if we put myself in a deficit, I'm going to recover from at, hyperinsulinemia is never a good thing, but I am a bit hyperinsulinemic right now. Is that how you say it? I guess that's how due to like my stress levels. Um, so I know I can recover from that though. If I just pull in more sleep, more sleep hours and I, and I start doing a few habit things like I can recover from that pretty easy for someone who's 30 years old and has two or 30, 32 or something like that has two kids. They're not going to be able to adapt. They're not going to be able to see that progression on that type of training style because they're going to burn out quicker than what I would. Yeah. Like I progressed my lifts throughout 19 months. I kept in a majority of the lifts were the same and I progressed them a lot. So it's like, so training age, training age has something to do with that. But, and I don't mean like chronological age. I mean, how long you've training, been training. Yes. And I think also just to add to the point, because this is where I was going with the deficit. Now I see where you're saying with the same number, right? Yeah. With like, like, cause yesterday I did, I was doing a body masters row or something, or I was doing a row and I like match my numbers. Actually, I've been tapering my numbers back because I'm improving my form. So I've been really on my form kick lately. So I'm improving my form right now while taking some of my numbers back. Um, but what I'm realizing is late into my, late into my, late into my workouts, I'm starting to more match my numbers, right? I have less energy available than I did a few weeks ago. So I know even, even if I still have a ton of carbs coming in, intro, like in, in my peri-workout window, it's still, I'm, my body's still on less. And so I'm happy with managing the same numbers as long as they're quality, right? As long as the quality still maintained, I'm very happy with maintaining my numbers. And I think a lot of people are terrified of that, right? Is when you get into that progressive overload, they're like maintaining, they feel like they failed. Whereas as long as you- And then it gives them negative emotion. I'm I'm like, as long as you progress in one movement, Throughout that day, whether that's even tempo control, if you progress in one thing, that's progression. Yeah, and I think I a lot of people don't realize that when it comes down to that progressive overload thing is like, I remember there were some sessions where I would match on a lot of them, but maybe just one movement, I would actually like hit, hit a PR of some sort. And that would, that would be the victory. As long as you come out with one W through the session, that's a W. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, God, I probably wouldn't do any of this stuff if I'm being (laughs) honest, but you guys are, everyone's their own humans. (laughs) You're more nuanced than me and you're new. You're more nuanced than me and him though. I I would just, I would just argue that you could still make more progress with more volume. Well, my volume volume, volume has been heightened now. Well, I, I know. I mean, I mean before. Like, yeah. I, I just think DC training, like it can be very, very good, but I just think that they push you in such a state of hyper recovery that then you should just do more training because you have so much recovery. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I, I'm starting to titrate people's volume up. Like yeah. I, that's kind of what I meant. Like over the last year, I've, 
I started very DC-ish, like let's say with other things included, but I'm getting like, I'm starting to add intensifiers back in to add more volume or more density in sets. I'm starting to do a lot of things that I got away from or just titrating up volume. Like where I'll tell someone, I've done this a lot lately, especially with females. The cool thing about it though, is because I've got a lot of my females jacked on very low volume and they can recover from a lot of volume. Now I can just, and I can feed them up and titrate their volume at the same time. And that's how a lot of my females are morphing. Cause I'll just say, Hey, those Bulgarians were nailed. Now, once the movements are nailed, they're only doing like eight exercises, you know, in a session, I just say, give me two or three RIR, but I, on the lap on another set of Bulgarians. And then I might just leave that alone. And in the weeks coming, I might say, take it from two or three RIR to one RIR. Yep. And then I might leave that there. And then I can do that with another exercise. And, you know, you can do that for a long time and you can kind of just slowly, consistently morph them up. And that's not quite the same as phasing. Like I know exactly what Taylor's talking about, but it's a way that I sort of incorporate titrating volume up simply for people. I'm starting uh, to do that. I'm starting to do that with all my, with a lot of my females. <laughs> like this week I had like three females. I was like, okay, let's increase your RIR and let's like, let's increase your RIR, but let's keep the volume the same. Like, yeah. let's see what your body could truly handle. Like, I want to see now that we're, now that we're in a groove and food is high. I'm like, let's see what you can do. Like, let's see how much the body can handle and let's see how far we can push it. Right. Um, and I feel like it goes to phases, right? Like, well, not, not phasic type thing, like where you're doing more like different types of systems, yeah, type different well, stimulus. Don't, don't get me wrong either, because I I don't always use this type of stuff. <laughs> I use very simple models. This is what I personally prefer for myself. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, I'm just saying. What I use I'm just for saying. clients can be very different. It depends. Yeah, yeah I'm just saying. I will. I will bring up. I will bring up their volume, but I'll also not be afraid to. You know, based upon things like we'll go up for like three weeks and we'll just do the classic like three week titrate up and then one week low volume. Right. Like I'll do that through periods now with people. Like the more I learn, the more I'm, I'm more looking at biofeedback and I'll auto regulate volume a little bit better. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Because I, I like to have a few sets with more or less, like just depends upon what they're going through. Like if they're in the luteal phase, of course, I'll bring the volume lower. But if we're we're hitting, we're about to hit the follicular phase, or like we're right on that edge point, I'm like, bam, let's 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 jack this shit, let's jack this shit up and get huge for the next few weeks. I, I cycle sync a lot of my females' nutrition to around their uh, luteal phase and menstruation. So I don't. I just think it overcomplicates <laughs> things. Like it's it great. Uh, it like does. it's great on paper. I just think it's too complicated for people to remember. They'd be like, oh shit, was I supposed to take uh, Chase Berry on this day and like. Uh, you know, forget it. Just fucking. Am I am I a weirdo for having people take Progon B drops and Chaseberry every single day throughout the month? No, you just want to stop for the five days at least because it resensitizes yeah. them throughout the month. Oh, yeah. interesting. So, so like just day one through day five of bleeding, you'll just get more out of it for a prolonged period of time. Got yeah. it. Because I've because I've gotten. You know what's really funny? I've gotten more from Progon B than I have from Chaseberry. It's a lot every, stronger. Every single one. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even get it in Canada. It's every single, every single one of my clients, every single one of my clients I've got that successfully have gotten their cycle back this year. I they've they've gone from using I started using Chaseberry, and then I switched them over to Progon B drops, and I've on it, and they've seen it come back regular like that. Anthony, Anthony, that's like you saying, oh, well, why is this testosterone work way better than this test booster? What the yeah, hell? No, let me have a dumb out a moment, okay? It's seven o'clock. It's seven o'clock. It's seven o'clock at night. Let me be. Busy day. I had a busy day. I had a busy day at work today. This tribulus. Why does this turkesterone work so well? That's great, boys. Number one, number one, if you're a female and you are struggling... Don't go on program B without like no, you need looking guidance. at your levels whatsoever. A lot of my hormonal birth control cases just so happen to all be postmenopausal, and yeah. like program B is like the savior, like literally is like the savior in Christ. So <laughs> it's a good, yeah. it's a really good tool. I wish I could get more access to it. I'm working on it because I know it's a tool that I could really help a lot of people with right now. You definitely thing, you, know you know what's fun about this uh, three person podcast? Just because we're talking about coaching strategies so much, like we went through nutrition and training we're just kind of ranting on um when i was younger this would have made me like really uncomfortable to be honest because it would have like when i was anthony's age this would have eaten me alive because if you guys were saying you did different stuff 
it would have just screwed me up. Like I would have been like, well, am I an idiot then? Or what's going on? And honestly, now I'm just like, results speak for themselves, baby. <laughs> you know? not, wait. Like, I'm honest to God. I'm just like, I love it. And if there's things I can take that I'm like, geez, I'm, I am stupid and I'm not doing that. And I should be great. I'll, I'll think about it. But for the most part, that's what's building instincts is so fun. I guess is the point. This is like, I don't, I don't ever feel like because Taylor does something different that like, Oh my God, like my clients are screwed over because I'm not doing. Oh, I think think that all right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, man, am I right about this shit? I'm like, "Mm." I'm like, am I actually right? I was like, I think I have enough experience to know whether I'm right or not. Here's the thing, bro. Everything works. Everything works. If you can get the athlete to just follow it. Right. That's the it's biggest amazing. challenge, you guys. Honestly, we all can admit that we're all in agreement there. Oh, Doesn't our group chat, our group chat is just filled with it. We're just like, <laughs> how do we get this person? Like, like it's like, Dylan is so good at psychology. Dylan's so good at psychology, and so are you. That you guys actually help me tailor things to help fit people, and get them and get them to more so be more consistent with the plan. I think that's the biggest takeaway I've learned from like our group chat is like how to tailor things and tailor language more towards people. Yeah, it um, makes a difference. And finding what makes them tick and getting that tick point, and then it turns the leaf over on them. Um, because I think that's the biggest thing, right? Um, so, I mean, I it's think I'm life. stupid. I think I sound stupid during this whole podcast. I was hoping I was no, right on no, something. And no, I'm, you like, don't sound I'm just like, I'm just you're like, not, praying. You're, you're fine. You're fine. I have one you're stupid both. moment. Let me have one stupid moment and I'm good. <laughs> but like, also, you have to remember, like, you know, and it's, Taylor and I have both been doing this for like a decade and like I've been doing it like almost kind of professionally for almost a decade, you know, but I've been obsessing about it for over that, like for myself, you know, and that's a long ass time and I'm an obsessive human being, you know, so that's very interesting. I wanted to ask Taylor a question because Taylor and I are both. uh, so like if you I want to answer it simply because I know you're gonna complicate the answer. So, so, <laughs> uh, okay, I'll, give, I'll give you two. I'll give you a simple and a complex. So that's why I'm trying to very specifically make my speech precise. That's why I'm slow to think about it. But I if you were to name a difference using subjects in that you would take or get a degree in a university, what would be the difference between our psychological approaches? Because they're different. So like the thing that I'll give you an example. What came to mind to me was like Taylor's more like psychology spirituality and something else that i'm missing because you'll know yourself better than i do and i'm like psychology social psychology a lot more probably and then like animal behavior and tying those two together what do you think you are because there's a difference but you're good at it too because anthony was like well you're both good at it but i'm like there's a difference though and i want to know what it is (laughs) wait what am i yeah god you're still developing a style (laughs) it is true i mean like that's 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 the beauty though is like you can watch both of us and take so much and figure out what you want like honest to god i learned more from andrew triana than any other human on earth because he's he's like the he's like the fucking weirdest smartest dude i've met but i'm like boy he doesn't think like anybody else holy shit i want to be like that (laughs) that's really interesting but it's i don't know man it's like it's like uh yeah, he's trying so, not to he's trying not to complicate this answer i know i know that's why I know. that's why i gave it a very I, I just feel like off. i'm like part alien honestly like it sounds really weird but like i feel like this is like the shit that comes out of me just comes from a whole different planet well you've done a lot of psychedelics so that i know, I, know. <laughs> I think that's why <laughs> i mean i have to but probably not. it really it really think- is just like just knowing man you just like it's an inner knowingness and you're like oh yeah, that, that's, that's the thing it just hits you out of nowhere like i didn't come up with immersive by myself it just randomly hit me on a couch like i was sitting on the couch and some alien just threw it in my head i guess i don't probably know. an unfair question i asked you because i guess it probably has something to do with the fact that you're a totally different human being and have learned like different subjects over time which validates you into a different creature you know all the life experiences you've had and the way you, know, you grew up in a different place than me, you had a different life than me. So like the way we've, our lens of the world is just different. So we, we might, we could read the same thing and take something different from it. Probably. I think or part opposite. of it too is I grew up an athlete and I don't think that, I think that makes a big difference. Ah, uh, yeah, that's right. It does. Makes a very big difference. You're right. 
that's I think the year that's probably more what it is than anything else at all is that I'm looking at it from the bottom of a coin and you're looking at it from the top. So it's oftentimes why we can understand each other, but I'm like, man, I wouldn't take that road to get there at all. <laughs> you know what so, I am? You know what I realized? <laughs> so my background is intelligence analytics, right? Like that's my job mm-hmm. like in general. I think I'm just very data driven with things. That makes yeah, sense. You're, you're I think that's why I'm so, that's why I'm so obsessed about, that's why I'm so obsessed about like macros and things like that and things and things of this nature, like measurements, food or plastic blood glucose, or like measurements, like I'm so into like finding patterns because that's what they taught us, right? Like in school, we were doing like, like in school, we were doing terrace plots. Like we were figuring out terrace yeah. plots and we were creating like, we were creating like these analysis of competing hypotheses. So it's like, what's the, what's the root cause? It's like the analysis of competing hypothesis is like, what's the root cause or what was the likely, what was the likelihood of this happening or the likelihood of that happening or what, or what was like, what actually happened for an event or something. And so I think that's, that's where I get my coaching from, right. Is I've looked through the made through the major I was, I was in in school and I like use this kind of background to think more so now. Yeah. That actually makes a lot of sense now because I'm putting this together because Taylor was an athlete and the way that he sort of uses psychology and athletic athletic, like that athletic style mentality background kind of work together and come out as what he, you know, preaches and for me it's uh I like school hard knocks you know like I learned I'm like a street person (laughs) like I didn't have a conventional upbringing at all I moved up so fucking young I didn't educate I'm not formally educated at all you know so it's really different than Spada because that's why when you talk to me about like measurements every week I'm just like you just described my death like I would quit this job if I had to do measurements for every people every week and look for patterns in that no way I look for patterns it's pretty, it's pretty behavior easy. and mechanics, and but like definitely not that. It's pretty yeah, easy. I, I just care how people feel, to be mm. honest. Like yep. mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like I, none of the shit you. matters if somebody doesn't feel good. If they're mm-hmm. not progressing, if if all the You're things right. aren't moving in a good direction, like none of the nuances matter. Doesn't matter what training they're doing. Doesn't none of it. Now there is now there's there's a, there's a thing where people aren't always going to feel the best. Well, yeah, but they. Sh- they should be progressively feeling better in some facet. Like yes, if I've yeah. learned anything, if you can understand rate limiters, if you can look at people and you're like, what is their weakest link and there pick that thing apart, you always have an area to progress in no matter what phase you're in. That's why I tell people, Hey, don't come to my coaching. If you don't want to get better, because I, I, I can like smell potential on people. I, I'll see it and I'll, I'll know what you're up to. If I watch you for a little while, I'll find the psychological string that's holding you back and I'm going to tug it. And it's annoying if you're one of those people that wants to hide things in the fog because I won't let you. <laughs> but that's why people also make massive life trajectory under my coaching, usually as a byproduct. And I don't want to take credit for that because it's all the hard work. But it's like people will get raises. People will like overcome addictions like i've gotten some crazy milestones in the last year with these people like it's not just their yes they've improved their physique i could throw that in the garbage i would rather give them the stuff they got from learning the skills that we talked from the foundation of training and nutrition and some cycle some basic psychology but watching them put that into the rest of their life that's super cool yeah i think that's i think that's the big thing right because you guys both know i have a few people on my team that like they want to get better and you could see it they're on the cusp but there's something yep. like holding them back. And I'm like, yep. you're just being held back by, by your own, by your own self here. I'm like, let me just take the wheel and let me do it. I was <laughs> like, if you just listen, let me take the wheel and drive for like a few miles. You go sleep, you go sleep, you go sleep in the passenger seat. Let me just drive real quick. You're going to get there. Uh, that's why I tell people. I think the more I look at you guys, the more I realize that is like, like Dylan said, like, I don't, I don't allow people just on my team if they're not going to progress. Like, like as much as we care for the dollar, right? Like this isn't my full-time gig. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not what I do full-time. Like this doesn't, this pays some of my bills. It doesn't pay. It doesn't really do much else though. It's kind of a passion thing. So I'm like, if you don't want to progress, you're wasting your time here. And I think that's a big thing because we're setting the tone with the people that are already on the team and how much they want to progress. And if you can't keep up, I mean, you're just going to get, there's, there's going to be a point in time where you're just going to say enough is enough and you can't keep up with the other people on the team. Well, that's kind of the awkward thing too. Cause 
Um, in terms of like knowledge and stuff, I should be a pretty experienced coach, but I started like actually coaching people um, semi-recently relative to how much time I spent like invested understanding things and, and building a knowledge base. And I think that that's a good thing and a bad thing, but like it's a, it's a bad thing in my mind because I don't have as many physical results yet to build my own confidence when I take on certain cases, even mm. though I know I can do it. You got to do it though eventually, right? The thing is, the thing is with every single one, you have the knowledge, you're going to have to leap at some point. You're not going to, you're not going to get anywhere. The biggest thing with anybody and anything with coaching, if there are other coaches listening and you got this far is we've all made progression in cases that at one point we have all said we probably couldn't handle. Mm -hmm. right? Or we've all said, Hey, we have the knowledge, but we, like you said, like, we don't know if we could physically handle it to do it. Um, so it's going to be scary. And I think a lot of people are, that's where a lot of people draw the line of a progression as a coach, right? Is they won't take that. They won't take that leap. Like you have to, you have to get into an with some people. Um, like there was multiple cases this year. Hey, I, when I took on, for example, my first ever hormonal birth control case. Okay. We just got her cycle five times in a row. So you guys know exactly who I'm talking about. Um, and the biggest thing was we didn't even, I didn't know how to prep her to come off when she did. She just came off at one point in time. I had to go through a few people's DMS. Uh, thank you, Meredith, uh, patchy and, um, and then a few others, Austin, etc. that really helped me learn what I need to do to help her. Even though she came off unexpectedly, I had no clue. So I was throwing darts at the board. Like it was like, I was just doing in the action things to get it back and look how long it took us. But now for some people, now that I've learned that now I can take those on and do it like that. But at one point in time, I was fairly uncomfortable with doing that, with doing that case. <laughs> like for a good solid two months, I was like, Oh, I'm just going to feed you up and hope that these supplements continue to work. I was like that, that was the, that was the whole thing. Like sometimes you're not, you're not always going to be a hundred percent confident in what you can do, but if you're over that, I would say if you're over that 60, 70% line over like you're there, you may as well take it because the worst thing you do is, Hey, you know, we got a few months in, this seems like it's a little bit out of my hands and you go and refer them out. Like as much as you don't want to waste the person's time, you're not going to know if you can handle that case. unless you hand, unless you take it. Right. Well, I mean, I, I just had a, I'm specifically today. I had that lab work I sent you. That was one of my new clients sent me one of her new clients blood work. And I was like, I don't even know this person, but holy fuck is her blood work bad. Boy. <laughs> wow. I haven't this looked is, at it yet. I, I will. Her dude, blood work going, her blood work is pretty, very really bad, bro. Bad. I'm like, I don't know how you're going to tell her. She needs at least a year working with me. Like, Oh, wow. Or at least with or, or something. Yeah. Like, with it's, somebody it's who knows be a process. Going. It's yeah. going to be a process because like, Boy, bro, her high sensitivity CRP is like 16.8. Double. I was like, oh my God. Did you ask about the booster shot? Yeah, she got the booster shot a long time ago. So it wasn't even that. Funny, because I've seen it in every... Oh, we just got we just got X'd out of Spotify and Apple and Apple and Apple Podcasts. No, They're going to hear this part. They're going to be like, fuck you guys. No um, but I've seen that. But yeah, like that was crazy. That blood work's crazy. I didn't even know blood work when I took that hormonal birth control case at that point. I was still learning blood work. I literally got through my first lesson of how to read sex hormones with Austin. That's where I remember I was from. Like, that's when we started this thing. So when I started that thing, I was the least experienced. I'm admitting this now. I was probably the least <laughs> experienced to take this thing on at that point in time. But guess what? Yeah. A year later, it's fucking soft. So I'm good. You know, it's, it's interesting because I... I'm always stuck on this fence, to be honest, because I actually hold myself back on purpose because of who I am as a person, because I'm the type of person who's so curious to see what I'm up to and what I can do. Like, I'm the type of person that you're like, hey, there's that airplane and I'll get in there and start pushing buttons until it flies. And I'll figure <laughs> it out most of the time, but I don't want to be the one to take the plane up and crash it. So I'm scared to sometimes take cases that make me feel uncomfortable because I'm like, is this just your little 
that thing inside you that is trying to always, you know, be so curious out into the unknown, or is it actually just outside of your comfort zone? And I give, I give a little, I give a little, just uh, a PS here. PS, sure. I was already coaching her for a month before she came off hormonal birth control, so don't, so don't blame me. It wasn't, it wasn't coming off right away, so <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> I just did what I thought I could do. Uh, <laughs> but I think that was the most learning experience I had this whole year, right? That I that one of my cybo cases, one of my insulin resistance cases. It was like figuring those out was a ride. Like it took. Yeah, I don't think months. that's a problem personally because you also charge it accordingly. Oh yeah, like, they all they all be quite honest. You know, like realistically, it, that's actually a gift. Like, because if so, if anyone can fix anything with cyber or any of those problems for hundred, I'm telling you right now that within two years, my price to work with one of those cases is going to be very high. Because my price will also yeah. be my price it's will a also lot be of work. So I, it's just that I don't I'm not so confident where I could just take a hundred cyborg cases and roll them through, you know, like one after the other. Fix, 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 fix. But like there is people that are, I think can do that or a lot closer to what I can. I want to educate. And that's why I've got all this mentorship stuff. And like the stuff we do together is fun because we all get to learn, get to see more cases than what we each have. You know, if we each have 10 or five or four or whatever it is we can bring them together and we're seeing 30 or 40 of these kinds of things over the year makes a big difference. But when I get really proficient in this, because it's so time consuming and detail oriented, there's no other way around it because everything is so minute. It has to be. It's one of the rare cases where it sucks, right? Cause you have to tell a person like, I know I'm sorry, but like, yes, eating this thing at this time or like eating or taking this supplement at this time, it matters. And if it gets screwed up, like, you know, most people can kind of, if you're in a healthy state and you go out and you have some pizza or something, it's like, oh, not that big of a deal. If you go out and have some pizza, you're going to fall all the way back to the bottom of the ladder. It's not just one little step and then you'll crawl right back up like everyone else that's in a healthy state. You're going to fall right back to the bottom and we're going to have to restart a lot of these processes and it sucks. And it's hard to get people. I haven't figured out a good way because I've noticed the pattern. I don't have the solution. What do you guys think? The pattern is when you tell someone that, but I have, okay. So first off, I haven't figured out another solution besides not telling them that because you have to tell them that because it's, that's what's true. When you tell them that the wheels fall off before you even start, because the, the minute you tell them like, look, we need like 90 to 95% for this to work. And you're like, you're paying me, you're spending all this money on supplements it kind of has to be that way. And like, you know, I'm not one to preach extremism. It's not the kind of coach I am, but like for this phase, it has to be when you put that pressure on people, it's like most people crumble. I've, you know, I haven't figured out the best way to deal with that yet, but then if they don't nail it, they don't get any results and oftentimes feel worse adding in supplements and stuff. If they're missing their food and stuff. Yep. Yeah. I just tell people straight. I, I am a no holds barred coach. Yeah, that's fair. I, I that's I my personality, there. but that's my personality though. Like yeah. as like as I grown up, I'd rather just be told the truth. And I hate when people like to try to beat around the bush. So as a coach, I like to tell people the truth. Like I'm a very straight up coach. I'm like, hey, we have to do this. You can either be all on board or you can go to another coach that's gonna say, Hey, we're gonna do it this way. We're gonna take it pretty easy. And I'm like, it's not gonna be easy. I'm like, either way around, this thing is not gonna be easy. I'm like, no matter what I'm solving now, like that's why my price will be very significantly higher when it comes down to doing hormonal cases from now on, because there is such that accuracy and there is that demand. Hey, the, the more you pay, the more likely you are to follow this through. Um, yeah, you're right. And so I'm just like, I, I give them that thing of like, do you want to waste 300 plus dollars a month on just being coached by me, not including the supplements, just to be coached by me? And not follow the plan like 95 to 100% when you really need to. <laughs> yeah, I am pretty laid back with people, to be honest. Just because it, it's just that thing of, it's like the, uh, the boy-girl theory, you know? You, you like a girl and you start chasing after her and she runs the other direction. Then you stop liking her and she comes to you. It's somewhere in the middle. It, it really is just like seeming like you don't give a fuck, but caring a lot. 
No, you're right. Because I've noticed the pattern of when you push it to, when I push it, I shouldn't say me, because everyone's different in their delivery and that matters. When I push it too hard, I crumble those cases. And if I lay off a little bit somehow, I noticed, but I haven't quite figured that relationship of pushing and pulling a hundred percent out yet, but I noticed yep. that there needs a more delicate balance for me and the way that I communicate anyway. My approach to them is different, right? My check-in language is very different. My check-in yeah, language so- is very, I'm very nurturing towards these people. Like I'm very yeah. like, I'm very like you Taylor, where I'll be more of like, come to me type thing, like me in that middle. Because I find when you're very nurturing in your language, they respond a lot better. And it's more of an ease of mind. And I find it actually brings them more confidence in what they're doing, which will just lead to a better result anyway. Because like, as you, the coach, you need to have that confidence going into those things that like, you know what you're doing and you have that confidence in the plan, right? Because if you're not confident in the plan. Yeah, I agree with that. I find that you have to be a little bit more nurturing. Whereas my bodybuilders, I could be that straightforward asshole <laughs> compared okay. to compared to compared to someone who's going through a hormonal case. And most of the hormonal cases are females, right? And there's always a different language compared to males and females in the way you communicate. And I just think that that's a I think that's just a nature thing, right? Like the way like the way that we're set up and how we were and how we were raised as humans is like there's just a different there's a different way you approach uh scenarios so sometimes you need to be more nurturing and in hormonal cases where things might not be great for a certain period of time or they might not look they might feel like they don't look the greatest or they're going through like those gut issues and the die-off symptoms and things like that i think you got to take it easy because if you try to push them hard you're going to get a lot of stress blowback off that which will just cascade downward yeah and i should say i live with a very sensitive female so i get practice with this every day like very like she I live I had two sisters every day. So I did too. <laughs> she's I think she's laughing. I think <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't cry every day, but like she's very sensitive. Oh so look, like, now she's gonna start crying. A running joke. I get Sierra a lot of prize. I get a lot of practice. Yeah. I get a lot of practice. I get a I had a lot of practice for like 20 plus years living with two living with two females. And also having a whole all my cousins were all females too as well. I had no males. So I got a lot of practice with that yeah, no, two sisters and being the uh being the only boy would definitely do it sucks well what i think is kind of interesting though is you can actually like you don't have to be like oh you you fuck this up you suck but if somebody gives me but if somebody gives me i'm never like that that's never as a coach you should never be like that you're like that unless it's like a prep unless it's like a prep you should not be like that no fucking asshole what are you doing i'll like I'll change my tone when I'm reading certain paragraphs of text or things where it'll be, they'll be like, Ooh, that didn't feel as good. And then I'll like really get like up about things that I'm happy about and subconsciously train them to like get excited about me getting excited and get down about me getting yes. down. Yes. But I don't tell them that I'm down on them. Fuck yes. hundred percent. hundred percent. That's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah you don't, you don't have to, the tonality, the tone sets the standard a lot of the time. Yes. Yeah. Like, but this week I will say this. I had to specifically say at the beginning and end of every check-in, I got the vid inside of me. So I'm not grouchy, but I know it because like today I sound pretty good. We, two days ago, I didn't sound very good. So I was trying to do check-ins. I just sound like a gargoyle. And I'm like, hey, I, I'm not actually, I don't know why. Cause like when I'm hearing myself back, it was like, I sound like some kind of mountain troll. Like, no, I'm happy with what you've done. So I just keep doing it. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, I like this. Taylor, you yes. might be a really good addition to the coach's corner. Yeah, this is I figure you would. I figure you would because we have a group chat anyway. So I was like, oh, let's get Taylor in on this. I was like, this would be good. This is really good. fun. So um, if you guys, well, that's our that's our podcast for the week. Um, <laughs> we're done. We're done here. I'm sad. I gotta um, go. It's great, <laughs> guys. Out. I'm gonna head out. You guys want to finish <laughs> it off? I'm gonna head out. Um, no. Um, if you guys really enjoyed that podcast, uh, Definitely go give all three of us a follow on Instagram. Um, you can find Taylor at coach underscore Taylor 21. I believe that's what it is. Hopefully I'm right. Yeah. No, you're right. Now. Um, you guys can also uh, share this on Instagram story. Uh, tag all three of us in there. All three of our Instagrams are down below. Well, actually they aren't down below, but our names are down below, but you can find us on Instagram. 
Um, so um, definitely go share it on your Instagram story. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave five-star rating and review. As always, the podcast is brought to you by Morphogen Nutrition. You guys can use code SPADA for 10% off all supplements at morphogennutrition.com. Um, yeah, maybe we'll get Taylor. Want to be a regular guest on the coach? Want to be regular on the coach's corner? <laughs> yeah, sounds like a fun time. I, I think it'd be really good. Me and Dylan usually have some really good conversations. So I find yeah. you find them really, really good. Um, but yeah, so that's it. Any, any, any other no, I'm, from the boys? I'm good. Thank you guys. It's fun. We'll get, we'll get used to having three of us on here. So we don't interrupt or interrupting got upregulated tonight, but that's because there's one more person to deal with. I like the interruption. I like the interruption. It brings, <laughs> it brings out character. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it, it reminds me of, uh, oh man, this is like Fuad's podcast. Like I love his podcast, dude. It's so good. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, yeah, we're better. We're, we're better than that. Well, because we're smart. Those guys are ding dongs. You just said that on the you just said that on the podcast. They're 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 humongous and they're awesome. They're hilarious, but they're not very intelligent. <laughs> well, well, that's why they have guests on. Yeah. Well, um, guys, we'll catch you next week um for the podcast. Um, I'm headed down to Texas in a few weeks. I know Dylan's also headed down to Texas in a few weeks. Dylan yeah. needs to head down to Texas in a few weeks. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but We'll be down there. So we'll definitely get a podcast recorded. We'll definitely get a few podcasts recorded before then. So we have that all ready to go. Um, and yeah, maybe we'll do a Q and a next week. We'll we have That'd be fun. So if we get a third person, I think a Q and a would be pretty cool. Um, yeah. So be on the lookout for that quote box in the next week or so. Um, we'll have some questions ready to go and uh, yeah, ask away. So thanks guys for listening to this episode of coach's corner on the ACE Spada podcast. You guys later.